0: Welcome back to the AFLW Fantasy Pod and co-hosting with me today, I've got Bailey Ergang, who most of the fantasy community you probably know of from his own content, Bales, how you going, mate.
1: Good, thank you, Michael. Thanks for having me on. Good to oh. chat some AFLW Fantasy as, as with the season comes to a close. Yes, it's exciting.
0: And we've got a couple of special guests with us today. Firstly, we've got the GOAT, the co-creator of AFLW Fantasy, Selby. Selbs.
2: Mickey, Bales, how are you, boys? Fantastic. Good, thanks, Selby. How you going, mate? Yeah, good.
0: I'm very excited for the... played um... up
2: the shoulders, to be honest with you. Because... Yeah,
0: I was seeing the same thing. It was rough going straight from the FLW straight into the men's comp, straight back into the FLW comp, FLW comp. It's been a long season.
2: Yeah, when we signed up to we didn't think there'd be two seasons in the one year, but <laughs> we're through it and uh, got through nicely. So I dare say we'll speak more about the comp itself in a bit.
0: Yeah. Uh, and finally, we're joined by the winner of AFLW Fantasy Season 2022B, Corey, how are you going?
3: G'day boys, how are you going?
0: Fantastic.
1: Corey, congratulations, mate. Thanks, mate.
0: Yes. Um, now, obviously, fantastic job having the win. Uh, maybe before we get into the season itself, I think you wanted to just maybe say a couple of things.
3: Uh, yeah, uh, just about my team name. Uh, with it, I never meant to harm or shame anyone. That would never been my intention. Uh, I just thought it was a little joke and especially didn't expect to be in a position I am right now. And there was no ill intent or malice behind it. So it's definitely a learning experience to be more careful about what you name your team and don't try and offend or downplay anything.
2: Mm. No, he's done well, cause like appreciate you. And he was the one who reached out to Mickey uh, to want to come out and say something about it. Uh, we obviously sent an email last night because it wasn't just Corey's. There was a lot of teams out there uh, which could be deemed offensive or were offensive or um not the inclusion which we're trying to create with aflw fancy so for us like it's learning for all for me like there's a few there particularly early in which down the rankings which kind of let slide which i'll probably need to monitor it more and building into the compliance clause and the uh the terms conditions methods in terms of monitoring that better as well as adding the feature for people to change their team name i know a few people had issues with that during the year just generally wanted to change the team name so that will obviously help but learning for all and uh i think good on Corey for for coming out and and saying that and now we can move on to to talking more about his team and his season
0: yeah and i think just really quickly it's an important point you touch on that um it was actually Corey that reached out to me personally to express his you know his remorse at at the team name and you know he wasn't aware that it, it upset so many people and i think intent is important so as long as it's a learning experience for everybody i think that you know, we can see is it a positive and we can move on. So Corey, uh, maybe you can tell us a bit about your fantasy season. I don't know whether you want to go through some of your big starting picks or some of your big misses and stuff like that. And then maybe we can get to the final weekend.
3: Uh, Yeah, sure. Uh, I think one of the most helpful things this year was uh, avoiding Kiara Bowers as a starting pick. Obviously she started a bit slower, so she definitely dipped in value and scooping her up late for a cheaper price is definitely a major pick up don't think i'd be in this position without her and yeah just having a lot of rookies at the start that were either keepers or produced a lot of great coin uh, um really helped it it's no one you really miss too much so you didn't have to really uh structurally change to get in those good cash cows um one of my early uh like things i did was i after the first game of the season where abby went like 90. Uh, I changed my structure and I planned for her. So I actually brought in Hanks for like a one-week rental just so I could get a decent score and uh, instantly swapped her to Mackay the next week and banked the 30K. And I can't remember what I did with that, but I'm pretty sure I might have brought in Tamara Smith.
0: Right. And um, uh, were there any big misses through the season?
3: Uh, I think Skepper, missing Skepper, did her in round four uh she obviously created a decent coin and yeah i i was get, in the week that skepper was rising a lot of cash i was doing a double up so i just couldn't afford it i was like 7k off so i had to go with isabella porter who actually i think went down <laughs> since i've got her, gotten her i've had her for the whole season so yeah that wasn't ideal and then, yeah.
0: um, like, what was your ranking? So, did you start off the season? You said you missed Abby McKay. Um, I don't know what your ranking no, was round one. No, I, missed, Do I know no, that.
3: Sorry, I, I missed Skepper. I got I, I missed McKay round one. Yeah, for McKay, and I brought her in instantly in round two.
0: So, your ranking—were you highly ranked early on, or did you kind of uh, work your way into the rankings?
3: I think I was pretty decently ranked early on. I think around round five. Or around four, I hit like the top 20, 30. And I think mid-season, I was up into that like top 10. And then from the last four weeks, I was either first or second.
0: That sounds similar to Selby, how you how you kind of have won your competitions, right? Where you halfway through the season is where you start to really hit your straps and obviously nailing all the early rookies and then you come home strong.
2: Yeah. And that's a, the charm of fantasy that you it's never about. It's a marathon or a sprint about how you plan your season setting you up at the start of the season then capitalizing on those discounted premiums and getting them at a good price and obviously bowers was a the famous one this year where her back half of the year was un unbelievable I think will never be matched both an AFL W or, or AFL maybe Rocky that season he had he went one forty odd in the back half but uh no, he he nailed that and Seemed like he had a, almost a perfect year where he, he hit the lead. Was it the first time all season he hit the lead in the last week, cause? No, I think I was first for
3: two weeks. Then I was second for two weeks. And then I came back and took the lead in the last round.
0: And, nice. and how how was the, obviously, Selby can relate, but uh, Bally and I can't. How was the the stress going into the final round and, oh, and talk it, us through the weekend?
3: Yeah, it was big. Obviously, had a Google sheet with the top three teams up just looking at the scores and obviously fourth and fifth didn't know their teams. And they came amazingly into the top three. I, I thought there was no way anyone in the top three would fall out. But yeah, I think uh, the, the U2 loop in the last week with um, Amy McDonald and Matty Prosparcus definitely helped getting an extra midfielder. So that, but the nerves on Friday night, I saw Charlotte Taylor was emergency. Uh, And I looked at them and I thought she would be the most likely to come in if there was a laid out. So definitely nerves up until like 8.10 on the Friday night.
0: Because she was your D5, right? She was your one on field that you were using as your loophole?
3: Correct. Yeah.
0: And you would have lost for if she came in. Yeah. Wow. And honestly, I kind of feel sorry for uh, the GOATS who was first going into the round and he was a little unlucky. He, he's, he had a couple of uniques that scored under 20. So he, he actually dropped out of the top three, which is – that's a rough weekend.
2: Still gets himself a hat, though, at least. That's true. The goats, which is part of the, the charm, the consolation of that top 100. Cap territory with those teams, like it's, it's funny. Listen to the winner of the men's comp this year, Matt, who – Was talking about how his final round, he was sitting on top and he was just looking at the teams below him with a rolling lockout and just trying to match, saw someone change the captain he at the last minute, he quickly changed his captain to match. And I know myself when I was back playing, you'd try to copy those teams behind you to try to limit those points of differences. I quite like the charm of this, not knowing what those other teams are, what they're doing. Obviously, if you magic up, you can see the top hundred ownership stats so it gives you a fair indication and we sent the email out for captaincy stats for that top 100 as well but i quite like that it's literally up to you you pick what team you think's best without being dictated by the gameplay of what those teams are around you so although it did create some tense moments in the last week not knowing what those fourth and fifth teams were i think it also adds a nice element to the game
1: um Corey, just the one question I sort of had for you was that obviously you said that your D five was your utility loophole. What was your decision into doing that? Because obviously a lot of people are going through the with the ruck utility.
3: um So a whole year I didn't want to run a re- utility. I actually had Bree Moody. I think in around five or round six I brought her in, but I uh, bowlers just popped off with like a one twenty week before, and I was like, uh oh, it's gonna be terrible if she just keeps doing this. So. I, I still had Lucy Wales at the time. I was planning to downgrade her to a dead rock just to have, get some cash, but I decided against it. And I decided actually just to ditch Bree Moody the next week and bring in Bowers. But, so you had, um,
0: you had Lucy Wales on your bench?
3: Yeah, for like one week. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, for the last week, the reason I went with in defense is uh, I know Schleiser was out. I, I found out about an hour before lockout that Alex Ballard was in concussion protocol so that threw like my plans out the window um it definitely helped because I, originally i was going to get olivia purcell who scored like a 60 mm. and it, i it wouldn't have won if i went with that but yeah got the extra coin went with amy mcdonald uh brought in annie lee i know i'm in the fantasy take tv discord so there's some people that really root for annie lee in there so she did well with a 44 and yeah thought i'd just go for the loophole and try and maximise points as much as possible for the last week. And if Teller played, well, hopefully I could have just stayed in top three.
0: And um, so what was your general strategy through the season? So obviously with the men's comp, the men's fantasy, the strategies are pretty well uh, figured out a lot thanks to Salby. Whereas with the women's fantasy, we really don't know whether you start guns and rookies, you don't know whether you start mid-prices, whether you try to do 2-1 down up each season. What was your general strategy going through the season with your trades?
3: Um, I think a lot of the time I'd look for plays with a good set of runs upcoming. So in, like, because I feel like it's much more easier to switch switch and swap throughout the year. So you got to look for that big block. It de- definitely hurt me later in the season because I saw I brought in Maddie pris for a game against the Swans, thought it'd be an easy score. She's coming off 300s to, or 102 110s and then she pops out of 58 and Georgie goes 110. But yeah, I think really just looking for those um set of matches that really aligns with your players' position and their scoring ability and trying to maximize off that.
0: Mm, you're chasing matchups. Yeah. Um, Selby, do you have any other questions with Corey before we let him go?
2: Yeah, more just about his general fantasy history. So obviously you have mentioned a few names there. Seems like you're pretty well across AFLW. Are you a big watcher of aflw had been watching up before you started playing fantasy and did uh, you play aflw fantasy first half this year
3: uh last oh yeah technically it is this year last season i didn't play i wasn't too into the women's league you know i'd always watch the final series you know uh because i'm a hawthorne fan so hawthorne didn't have a team till this year so usually i'd just be interested in adelaide because obviously they're a great side and um watch their finals and it's just great for that, but never really got into watching regular season until this year. I think the fantasy is really bringing more people into the game and like getting more people involved. Beautiful.
2: That's what we like to hear. And fantasy in general, men's fantasy, super coach, do you have much success on uh, that?
3: Not all. the greatest, honestly. Um, super coach, I think last year I came like top 700, but otherwise... Not much success in that department.
0: Those are rookie numbers compared to Selby's Super Coach record.
2: Yeah, he's. I've never won an AFLW fantasy cop, mate. Don't worry about that. So he's got got it up on me there. So now, nah, congrats. Obviously, got to give another shout out, which I dare say we'll do again throughout this podcast. But uh, Infinite Wealth and Timmy Gas for helping put up the prize. The three K goes your way, cause mate. Uh, we'll be in touch with all prize winners, all top hundred finishes during the week or within the next week. With further details there, but uh, how do you reckon you're going to spend it?
3: I'll probably save it. I'm, I'm actually only 19, so wow. it's a big <laughs> set of money for a 19 year old. So yeah, I'll probably just put it in the savings account.
0: And more importantly, what are you going to do with the number one hat? You're going to wear it. You're gonna you're yeah. gonna put it up somewhere.
3: I'll definitely be wearing that out.
0: <laughs> well, between between you, Selby, and me, we have three number one hats.
3: Oh, that's great. <laughs>
0: All right. Thanks so much for your time, Corey. We really appreciate it, and um, we hope to see you around for the next season of AFLW fantasy. And we'll see if we can go back to back.
3: Yeah, we will be great to be sitting here next year.
0: Great. All right. Take it easy, Corey. Thanks.
3: thanks.
1: thanks Corey.
0: Oh, he, he's done well for himself, hasn't he?
2: Nah, good on him. Hey, he uh, and is a good advocate for what we're trying to do here in terms of. Like he listed off these players' names off he got to know the sport and the game and watched all these games purely because of, of fantasy and now he learned to love it and enjoy it. So that's kind of the premise of what we're trying to do at AFLW fantasy. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean he he mentioned that he didn't really follow much AFLW before this yeah. season and now he can basically rattle off, you know. Sounds like most of the plays in the competition, thanks to fantasy. So that's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, uh, so Salby maybe from your end uh, How did you find the season went Like based on your expectations going into the season Um, Obviously there were It seems like things ran a lot more smoothly On the platform and things like that
2: Yeah yeah absolutely So first in terms of regos So we obviously had the First season kicked off Jan last year uh, Which was great We had a good mix of people who were crying out For AFLW fancy People who loved AFLW And then also those who was their off season for for fantasy, So they played it too. So I think we had about 1,700 registered year one. Then it rolled into the men's footy and fantasy and super coach. So I was cautious that with AFLW starting the week after round 23, that we'd have a lot of fatigue and we might see numbers actually drop. So I was expecting the numbers to be around 2,000 this year. We ended up having over 4,000 registered teams, which was wow. pretty blown away. We were pumped. More than two times the amount, but not just that, but the engagement of them all, the amount of trades people were making each week. The fact that a lot of the content producers still scored really well, but like they were in ranked around the hundred marks. It's not like we we're giving away top hundred ranks, just like the competitiveness and the the knowledge amongst the uh, the cohort was, I felt a lot more or improved than the prior year, which was great for the comp. And then yeah, the platform itself, that's what we put most of our time in in what we say the off season, it wasn't much break between seasons, but most of our efforts were put in towards the platform onto a a new, I don't really understand how it all works, but basically there's a, it's all on the cloud now and there's two separate servers. If one were to crash, it just pops you over to the next one. And there's a, a equalizer there and all sorts of different backups. If something goes wrong. So that all went beautifully because we didn't have any crashes pre lockout, which we had the prior year. And we had, more than two times the amount of people jumping on. So that was a good sign. In that regard, we started rolling out a few improvements across the platform. You would have seen that like the the team summary was a lot more cleaner and easy to use, additional stats and facts and other features and the, the Magic Up part two. which on that, thanks everyone who did Magic Up. That was great support for those who did support that. And there's still, it's not too late to do that. If you did enjoy the season, you can jump on and, and still show your recognition by magicing up.
0: I, um, I heard there was also some amazing insights coming through from the Magic Up too.
2: Yeah, well, unfortunately, if you <laughs> did do it now, you're going to miss out on those insights. But yeah, thanks to Mickey yourself and um, the crew at AFLW Fancy Pod who helped put those together each week. That was an extra feature which we didn't actually expect to have as part of Magic Up process. So obviously, thanks for all your work there, Tyler's effort with that, and it's nice pleasure. to see that the top three teams uh, were all had all magicked up, so you can take a bit of claim knowing that they were reading your insights each week and it got them to the <laughs> free spot.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: um,
2: so just obviously one uh, quick
1: thing as well, obviously uh, you, yourself, but also obviously the Wonks that uh, obviously uh, helps you out massively. Do you just want to sort of give a bit more insight to uh, to the listeners out there that are exact, like how much she means to you and to the like, just everything that you do?
2: Yeah, her and also uh, her... She, also Jack as well. So the Wonksa went on a, a little pilgrimage this year, went hiking through France, not quite as impressive as old Ned Brockman, but she was walking almost as much as him each day. Uh, so she was offline for most of the year, which we thought was a bit of a, a panic. But good old Jack, who she taught and um, trained him up, and he actually took over a lot of... The responsibility for calculating the pricing mechanism, the scoring, pulling the stats, doing all that. So yeah, between the two of them, that's all stuff which I don't really know how to do and essentially helps run that competition. And one thing about the comp like we saw a lot more improvements, particularly around the platform we want to implement. But I-, I believe that the pricing structure and the way it's all worked with the three trades and with the way they're priced, rookies are good players, vice versa. It creates a very competitive, challenging, but also quite a fun gameplay where it's, it's hard to get that perfect team of 16 absolute premiums. There's the reward for those who take part on the good rookies. There's the reward for those who jump on the discount price. I think the whole gameplay itself works well, and that's obviously a testament to the wonks who developed that uh, the system and, and the mechanism we do for the pricing.
0: Mm. and uh, you touched on maybe some improvements for next season are you able to maybe take us through a couple of your planned expectations for next season
2: yeah yep so as per the email we sent last night the the big focus we're trying to do for next year is a league functionality where you can go head to head with the matchups obviously we will talk about the top three the prizes the top 100 caps but obviously that's 100 out of 4,000 teams so to keep people more engaged and with banter and everything, it would be great to be able to have a, a league between your friends or colleagues or other people around the community and go head-to-head matchups for grand finals. So that's something we're looking to implement for next year. That, along with a team history page, we can go back throughout the year and see where your what trades you made, what scores you made, who you had in your team. And then just refining that trading platform where it works well, but you have to put all three trades in at once whereas it'd be good to be able to do two trades sit and have a look at a few stats go away come back oh yep yeah, is how i'll do it then do your third at the moment you had to perform all three of your trades in one go so try to make that a bit more user-friendly but as mentioned email keep sending through any feedback and advice you have at info at because we want might not happen Next year, but we want this platform to be as good as any fancy platform out there. And the more feedback and little tweaks we can make it, and it doesn't have to necessarily be because the other guys are doing it or Supercoach or Fancy. If you've got any other new ideas how to improve the game, we'll we'll take it on board and and hopefully continue to improve this platform.
0: One thing that – maybe I'll throw this in the email for you, but one thing that I would have loved was like I would do my trades on a a Monday or whenever lockout lifted, and then I wouldn't touch my team until Thursday or Friday. And I actually wouldn't be able to see what trades I'd made. So unless I remembered who exactly I had in my team come lockout, um, I would just have to reverse my trades and then wouldn't even know what the trades were because I'm like, oh, which play did I bring in this week and which one did I already have? So it'd be nice to have some sort of a trade preview once you've made your trades. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, that's all part of this new trading platform, which hopefully you need to do one at a time, reverse one at a time, whatever it is. And yeah, and definitely... Uh, any chance
0: uh... chance for a draft system in I I mean I imagine it would require a lot like it's basically an entire separate platform but is there any plans to maybe introduce that at some point down the track
2: yeah definitely definitely it just I don't I think we'll see how we go I still don't even know what if they put a date on when they want to kick off the next season of AFLW but uh, if we can do one of the two whether it's league or draft drafts got the priority but if obviously if we do sorry league's got the priority if we can do both that'd be great um but that's the yeah, it's on the on the list but unlikely to be next year unless um some free time comes up but that, yeah that's definitely draft would be a great great way to play it as well um and i guess also
0: with position so this season obviously there was a bit of a shift um where first season you kind of prioritized midfield positions and this season we went the other way and, and you prioritized getting a few extra plays in defence and forward line. Are you going to use a similar algorithm to, for next season or are you are going to wait and see?
2: Yeah, I think so. And it, that's like the challenge is sometimes a charm of, of the fantasy game. It, talk about the men's how most midfield groups, particularly the year before last, you had your Laird, your Mills, and like just genuine midfielders playing in the back line and the in uh, this year, just gone your whole forward line. You had Pelly Dunkley, Parker, like bona fide midfielders. So, despite it being a bit harder, and most people's D D fives and F fives were not quite premiums. Everyone's in the same boat, and I think it actually makes it a bit more of a, a challenger ride to see. Oh, yeah, General Richardson punched out of thirty five. That's we'll take that, you know, or whatever it ends up being. I think that challenge adds to the game. So we'll continue to look at well, It's a bit of a mix between the data in terms of CBAs now, which were recorded for the first time this year, uh, centre bounce attendances, clearance numbers, as well as just to the eye and um, an overview of where we think they sit. Yep.
0: Nice. Bailey, you got any questions for sales before we let them go?
1: Uh, I was just well with position. I don't know if I missed that because uh, you probably can't see, but the lights went out in my room, so that's what was happening here. But um, deep is DPP a potential addition, like a a player maybe having dual position status?
2: Uh, I dare say it'd be possible because if it's if it happens in the two other platforms, I don't know what it would take for the developer to do. I'm just trying to work out what the what the real benefit of that would be? Like, does that then mean that if if you do pick someone who's in your midfield group, and then they get they play a bit of forward, so then you get the luxury of being able to move them forward? I don't know, um, maybe, but that's it's not on the. I'd rather get the league up and running, trading platform fixed, but that that's something to think about because we do get that feedback a little bit about having DPP. So,
0: and and I think that like more to extend on what you just said, Salby. I think that. The benefit is a lot more limited if you follow through with the same algorithm, because I know that when um, when Benny and I kind of looked at some of the positions preseason, um, we, all the players that would be eligible for DPP in any non-mid position were basically given the non-mid position. And typically when you want DP, it's DPP, it's because you want, uh, for example, Jazzy Garner, who if DPP was available would be mid-forward, um, you'd put her forward. And with the algorithm that you guys used, she was just given that forward status and it's unlikely you would have someone who's mid forward be put in the midfield. So like you said, there's actually a lot less utility with the current system and even having DPP.
2: Yeah. And then another improvement, like, and we've been something we've been wanting to do this year was the live scoring. I think to do it all above board and get the live scoring work, like it's built that we could have the live scoring and rankings and that, but um, we'd need to purchase the champion data license. So it's something we could approach next year and see how much that will cost and whether we can get a few magic cups to help support that, or we just continue to run it as is. But that's the other one, which I'd love to have uh, for engagement for even just to look at your scores, you know, just rather than going through the app and clicking on all the different games to work out what your players score, just to be able to see it as they go on your, on your, Team summary would obviously be ideal. It's I'd a few, few legals in that, whether we we use existing sort of scraping stuff or if we get the official champion data one which last we spoke to them for season one it was a little bit pricey. Mm.
0: And um have you got have you been reached out by any sponsors or anything for next season? Or do you maybe want to you give yourself a bit of a plug down and see if we can get anybody on board or anything?
2: Yeah, mention that in the email. If anyone does want to jump on board to sponsors, and it could be any any range of sponsorship just again reach out to that email info at au. but obviously massive shout out to timmy at infinite wealth like his his work this year for us meant that we can make the well make the improvements we did make this year and also make further improvements rather than putting all of our resources into the pricing. if we know that's sort of sorted we can then put put our efforts and money and resources into as i mentioned trying to make this platform and it's got a long way to go i've under no illusions, but I'm hoping in say two years' time that this thing can be as good as any of the others. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks so much for your time, Selves. Beautiful. Yep. So thanks to everyone for playing. That's the biggest thing, as I mentioned, that 4,000, everyone, whether you came to 3,000th or 30th. Means a lot to us for playing. That's a, that's the best way you can support the game. Thanks again to the Magic Up people. Thanks to you guys and the content producers for helping build the the buzz and the community and everyone on Twitter for the feedback and talking about the game. That's what we want to see happen. And uh, the sponsors, of course. And we'll be in touch with the the winners, the top hundred, the weekly winners in the next week or so uh, with further details.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, uh, enjoy your off season, Zelby. Hopefully, you can enjoy the next few months and take it easy a little bit.
2: See how we go. Cheers, Mickey.
0: Cheers, so pal. Hands, Thanks, Selby. Oh, well, uh, thank you to Selby for for jumping on. I know he's a, a very busy man, and it's. I mean, he's. I tell you what, he must be a glutton for punishment. I think that's number five or six. His appearance on this on this podcast. So <laughs> he yeah, definitely, so always- definitely enjoys
1: the pain. So Always good getting the goat on, that's for sure. He, he does he does a lot of work, um, as you were just saying, off air, the amount of stuff he does, um, that he's got going on. He's had the finals, footy, fantasy as well, and, and everything he does with Merez Magic and stuff is certainly, uh, mm. got a lot on his plate, that's for sure.
0: I'm, um, I've had a few goats on this podcast recently,
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, Bowers, yes, yeah. anyway. So I'm um, sure, I'm sure she'll come up in discussion. Uh, i, moves I along. guarantee <laughs> she will
0: so maybe we'll just go through um like our seasons how we went for anyone that's interested and then maybe talk about yeah and talk about our strategies and things that worked and didn't and maybe we can go through what we're expecting next season and stuff like that and maybe just have a bit of beyond uh how did you it's go this is your first season right so you didn't yes. play fancy last season and you were quite late to the party for this season uh
1: yes yeah so um i about a week It was literally that week uh, from round 23 when I was doing the men's stuff. Obviously, I've got all my other stuff that I do in the men's comp. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I was like, I want to do AFLW Fantasy because I haven't been – I wouldn't say I've never watched a game. I've definitely watched games. But I've sort of – obviously, with the Crows being successful, that obviously does help. Obviously, with my own team, I'm able to watch them in, obviously, big games. Um, And I've uh, watched a few season, But I'd never actually been like and watched – sat down and watched more than – like 5 games in like a weekend whereas plenty of times this season I was uh, sitting here at, at, over in the US where I'm currently studying uh, I was it was uh, like 2 3 a.m. and I'd be up till 7 a.m. I'd watch all uh, pretty much every weekend I would watch all nine games and and it was yeah, it was just fantastic but yeah first season doing A for W fantasy so um end up with a rank of uh, 319 so I'm I'm reasonably happy with that. Um, obviously a couple of sliding doors moments, which we, um we'll probably talk about. But a few sliding doors moments that probably could have maybe pushed me up into a top top hundred spot, maybe even top two hundred, even if it's not a top hundred. Obviously, because um it was a very good season for a lot of coaches in the week.
0: Yeah, yeah, cool. And um, because you started the season quite well, right? And
1: and then it kind of slipped away. Um, yeah, so I never, unfortunately, I never actually cracked the top 100. Um, and, and shout out to uh, Sanch from Hatcher. I think that that number hundred and tens is cursed because I got up to as high as 110th uh, in round. If I get up my round history, would it have been about round? Uh, um, and it sort of, it was really good there. And then unfortunately, Kiara Bowers came along. I got on the train a little bit too late and then, um and yeah just fell behind it a bit
0: yeah it's amazing how how much it shifted people that jumped on Kiara uh compared to people that didn't and the rank like it just the golf was just massive wasn't it from people that finished outside the top 300 to to those that finished within
1: yeah like I was I would have been about 100 points around the start of the season I was behind sort of those top coaches and I thought, okay, I'll be able to hopefully catch that up with some with some good trades. That, but the coaches at the top really pushed the pace early, and they kept mm-hmm. that lead about 100, 150 points. I never really got within striking distance of the top sort of uh, top ten or so spots. But yeah. obviously, I was eyeing off a hat. I really wanted a hat, but unfortunately, uh, we we didn't get one this year. But um, congratulations to obviously all the hundred coaches that did, and obviously the prize winners. And hopefully next season, I can hopefully be one of those.
0: Yeah. Well, it's interesting because like I I finished 30 odd and um, I was still like almost 300 points off first, which is just, whereas I was only like 150 off 100th. Right. So the, the, the gap, I said that golf between the top kind of dozen and everyone else was just massive. Whereas like once you get to like, I think it was like rank 15 or something, you know, it was like one point separating each coach all the way through to, you know, the top 150. Um, which was interesting, but yeah, I maybe some of those sliding doors moments you talked about. I know that <laughs> there was a couple where you you asked for my advice and I gave it to you. You went the other way, and it backfired on your mate.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's
0: Gerald yep. trading out Monconti. Conti. I, I tried to talk you out of all of those options, yeah, but the
1: the yeah. So actually, I, I forgot about that one, and that's probably brought back some bad memories. So thanks, Michael, for, for bringing the Monconti Conti one from the start of the year. Uh, yeah, that was the. Because I, I, I love Mon Conti as a player. I think she's she's one of the best in the competition and she's a joy to watch. And I started with her. And to get Abby McKay into my side, I thought I've got to unfortunately sacrifice someone because I went Marinoff and Hatchard, obviously um, uh, the two superstars and the Crows in my midfield. Uh, I had to sacrifice someone to get Abby in. And I thought, unfortunately, montconti has got to be the one. And what happens the week I get rid of her? She goes and scores 105 uh which was funny enough. I think that in the first six rounds, that was the only score over a hundred against the yeah. Crows. And, and I, I, and
0: I, I did tell you that like, and like you look at what Corey did, right? So he also started without I Amy mean, McKay and he, rather than ruining his team to get her in, he just made it a two week process, which was what I suggested to you rather than trading out Mon Conti to get McKay in, uh, maybe just fix your bench, do like a triple downgrade. And then the following week, you've got the cash to upgrade maybe a mid price to McKay and holding on to Conti. But um well oh, you live and you learn right like it's it's n- there's really no one way to play it like you look at the fact that there was so many differences between all the top teams which is actually incredible there was like six or seven unique players between each of the the top 3 teams and more among the top 5 um shows that there's no one way to play it but yeah i think that some of those times where you were you, you would play it like afl fantasy right where you would just basically do two down one up and you'd go for the best available and those were players like Katie Lynch and Fitzgerald, um, and a few players like that. And then they would go on to score similar to the rookies that you already had. Whereas you know, I think some other coaches. Um, so what I quite often did was I'd just treat an upgrade like it's a two-week process rather than one. I'd do a triple downgrade and then two down, one up, and get the best in their position, the best in their position. Rather, you know, so I, like I started with just one of Marinoff and Hatchard. So I made it a two-week process to get the other one, and then you know to get Bowers and. Um, I didn't start with Garner, so I had to get Garner and things like that.
1: Yeah, and yeah, that's what I mean. It's you, you got to. It's funny that with AFL men's, uh, you've obviously you look for a lot more value. Whereas I think with the AFLW fancy, especially this year, because there were so many rookies, I think that the play was to spend up for the top. So getting Ruby Slicer in defence, getting Garner in the in the forward line, and paying up for for maybe a couple of uh, of those midfield premiums because they sort of obviously did. Um, score a lot higher. And obviously, as you mentioned with Katie Lynch, obviously uh, when I got her, she started okay, but she obviously fell away. Obviously being an intercept defender, it's not always been a necessarily high scoring position. So obviously I would have loved to have got Ruby Slasher when I brought Katie Lynch in, but unfortunately I was, yeah, as you said, I was a little bit short, which meant I had to settle for a little bit, probably a little bit less than what I wanted. Yeah.
0: I mean, I, I think maybe the only exception there is Ruby Slasher. She, um, you know, like I, I obviously had this conversation with, uh with Bainey and Benji in the preseason where they were really keen on slideshow once she said she was moving into the midfield and I said that I felt that her numbers would drop off if she played full time mid and um she really did seem to like I think she averaged, aver- actually averaged less than she did the previous season. Unfortunately what that means is I imagine she's probably gonna be mid only next season. So that's basically going to make her a non starter probably for the year. Um it's funny like I, I did see a, a tweet go out from Jaden Popowski, the 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 yeah. data guru, the, the, the mini swamp, man. yeah, mini swamp, I call him. Um, and he, he posted a team that if you started with that team, like with it, it was within the salary cap. If you started with that team from round one and then just logged out and never logged back in, you would have won the competition by almost 500 points, which is a little depressing. <laughs> and, then, yeah. and he even he did another one where, um, he got rid of any like super unique players where no one would have thought to start them and, and posted a team where basically every player was popular or highly talked about in the preseason and if you started that team you would have won so i might just read that team out because it's kind of food for thought for next season so yeah yeah you started with this season with this team and just left the same captain never touched your bench never touched anything you would have won so it was slisher at d1 foley at d2 tahu at d3 sheeran at d4 and eastman at d5 so i started with four of those (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then Wales at R1, who also started. And if you started with Bowers, Marinoff and Hatchard, which um, obviously all really popular, all above 20% owned. And then Derek and Stewart in the midfield. And then the forward line was Garner, McKay, Ewing's, Roberts and Kaufman. You start with, and that's like, those are all, there's only two players under 10% ownership. And that was um, Tahoe and Sheeran, who were still popular among a lot of teams. Um, you, and they never touched it, you would have won the whole competition. That's just incredible, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I know. And we we did actually have a, a good um, uh, wealth of of rookies that actually performed really strongly through the ma- majority of the season, obviously. Yeah. In defence, uh, Ange Foley, particularly the second half of the season, really picked up her scoring. She was obviously very good. Obviously, Oda Sheeran obviously was, for a lot of coaches, still in their team at the end of the year. Obviously, she, she was a little bit up and down, but the ups... Sort of outweighed the downs. Because, well, she yeah,
0: finished the season averaging as much as your mid prices, right? So yeah, that, that's, that's, that's exactly different.
1: right. So yeah. um, she was fantastic. And then obviously, midfield, obviously, Tamara Smith, one of my favorite players to watch. I, she's so good to watch the way she hunts the ball. She, she's like a mini Bowers. Yeah. Um, obviously, she was uh consistent score over the whole year. Abby Dowrick um, over the first, particularly first half, was very good. And then obviously, the forward line. I wish I started with Kaufman, but she obviously was very good and and like yeah yeah, Ella Robertson and Hannah Ewings were both um very good as well.
0: Yeah, so it's um yeah, just as you show that like the the preseason um research that we all did, you know, all the content that was out there and stuff was was pretty on point. It was really just a matter of starting with that right combination, right? Like I said, all those players were I I reckon almost every single one of those players was in like eighty percent of coaches' teams at some point in the preseason. Um yeah. And yeah, it's really just a matter of starting with that right combination and, and chasing those right players early on. Like, I know a lot of people had to jump on players like Eastman and Sheeran after and Derek after round one. Um, but yeah. Yeah, so, I, made the
1: mis- I made the mistake of uh, I had Eastman in my starting lineup and I actually brought her out for Bridie Kennedy. Um, and that was probably one of the ones where that was a – in a way, it was a wasted trade because I sort of had to bring Eastman in next round anyway. So if I just started with Eastman, that maybe meant I could have done something different. But um, I didn't start with Ewing's either, so that not, was another not, one not, that I sort of missed.
0: Not in a way. That is a bloody terrible trade, trading at Eastman yeah. for Kennedy. That's yeah. a shocker. Yeah. What were you yeah, thinking? Kennedy I, didn't I show don't. much in her first couple of games?
1: I don't I don't know. Oh, oh no, as in I started with um, Kennedy and my starting start over Eastman. Um, as in oh, be- on field. Yes, yeah, which oh. I should have. Uh, I didn't even have Eastman. I don't think in my side. I didn't ever in my side at all, which I really should have had a had mm-hmm. her in there, which was a bit of a mistake by me. But um, as you said, uh, we live and we learn.
0: Yeah, my my starting um, like my starting team was decent. My issue was early on just having all the the rookie roulette, having the wrong. I think all five of my rookie bench players um, outscored someone in their position. So like I had um, Wales on field and McGrath outscored her. I had. Um, Kaufman on the bench, and she outscored Hamilton, who scored like 16 in her first game. Um, I had early at D5, who scored, I think, a 17 in her first. It was just, it was a disaster round one. So I think I started at, I think I, round one, I was 13, no, 1,500, I think, after round one, 1,500. Um, yeah. But yeah, came into 30, 35 or something. Okay. wrong? Um, yeah, once you like, once you figure out which of the stable rookies, you just leave them there. And like I said, I was just doing triple down on the bench one week, and then and then two down, one up the following week, and just get the best available because I felt like some of those rookies. And you got to remember that not all the rookie price players are rookies. Some of them are they've missed seasons or they've um, they're mature age recruits, and so you kind of just leave them there. And because like I, I made a mistake of later in the season doing what you did and brought in a couple of like just best availables i think i brought in gilroy from hawthorne who had a ton and, and then she averaged like 60 or 55 for the rest of the season so um yeah i think it's important just to go for maybe bank the cash and go for the, the best because the the difference between those uber premiums and the and regular premiums is just massive right even like conti compared to bowers and marinoff and co is just massive
1: yeah no that's right and it's as you said, it's a, li- a little bit different to with the men's where you can get a premium that's not in the top eight that can be quite close, um, or top six could be quite close. Whereas yeah. with the with the with the AFLW, the, the top scorers are the best scorers and yeah, exactly. their best scorers by a fair way as well.
0: And next season's gonna be super interesting. I'm not sure if you've heard, but the plan and it, it hasn't been confirmed, but the AFL said the plan with the draft before next season, uh, is they're gonna raise the minimum age for one year only to nineteen and that is because um, there's going to be no tier two leagues between this season and next. So obviously next, um, like the next you know VFL, Waffle, W, all that kind of stuff, they're going to coincide at this stage with the AFLW next season, which means the draft will be before the next season. And so there's going to be no tier two football. So what they're going to do is um, make it that only those who are 19 and above can register for the draft. So I think that's going to have massive implications on fantasy Some good, some bad, but like you're not going to have, like it's just going to be players nominating who weren't drafted this season, right? So the quality is probably going to be not nowhere near as good, right? You're not going to have those big number one picks, big number two picks that are guaranteed to play. Um, You'll get a few, you know, Sheeran's and things like that that have slipped through a few drafts and they get picked up and they do well. But I think overall the quality is going to be not as great. And what that means is we might need to start mid price players next season.
1: Yeah, and that, that'll be a play. But just just quickly on Sheeran as well, I, I still don't understand how she didn't get picked up before. She, she probably, I would have her in my uh, AFLW uh, team of season or All-Australian side because I think she was, she was fantastic, especially in the, like, she burst on the scene in the first yeah. game as well. So well, she was fantastic. But as you mentioned with the mid-prices, that's, yeah, I think that's going to be probably the more popular play next season. Obviously, we'll talk about a few of the... Yeah, well, those you cheap think, players I for next I think season. Nick
0: Martin... Right, like he he went undrafted. Um, he was playing over in in the Waffle, and the reason he kept going undrafted was because he actually just wasn't performing that well. He averaged like seventeen disposals and and like less than a goal a game. Um, but he got drafted in the rookie draft or was it mid season draft? I can't remember what it was. But he just he he's just the kind of person who in an elite environment just thrives. Right, like he just needs yeah. the right coach, the right people around him, and he thrives. And obviously Sheeran is someone similar. So. It's not like clubs, the, the scouts weren't doing a good job because there were 17 clubs that had no interest. So they obviously took yeah. I like, I don't know what her, her numbers were in the tier two competitions, but they obviously weren't anything outstanding. Um, it looks like just being in that right environment, she just flourished.
1: Yeah, that's right. And
0: so that's what we want some, to hope for next
1: season. And that's what some athletes do. They 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 thrive more in that elite environment, as you mentioned.
0: Um. So, yeah, I think maybe we can look at... Uh, what players we think are going to be. I kind of want to look at players that are going to be changing positions for next season. So whether it be for more relevance or next re- or less relevance in fantasy, I think there's a lot. Um, so like it depends on if we use, if the same al- algorithm is used as this season. So what happened this season was, I, mean, I don't know how much I'm supposed to talk about this, but basically um, the Wongster got Bane and I to, to write up an algorithm for, the positions because the champion data positions weren't out yet because it was such a short turnaround um, and there were no champion data positions for the all the new draftees. What we did was we looked at um, the positions from the previous season, you know, where they were named, uh, what their overall positions for the season as well as for each individual game they played, um, and crafted like a, a unique algorithm and and see what popped out. And basically, the players that the positions that were named for this season um, were were what came out of that algorithm except for one. We did veto one player. Um, somehow Ash Riddell was listed as a forward under that algorithm and we felt that that was, just wasn't... I don't know how she came out as a forward because I watched that whole season and I don't, I didn't see a forward at all, but we, we put her in the midfield. And then I think um, Salby and the Wongster just sent out that list of positions to a couple of other people in the community to sort of go over it and make sure there were no anomalies. Um, but based on that algorithm, if that's used again... Um, basically the way it worked was like with champion data, they obviously, if someone plays more than 35% um, in a position for a season, they get given that dual position status. And what we added on top of that was if someone had more than 35% of their games in a, in, as a primary position. So for an example, Jazzy Garner, her, she was listed as a mid only in champion data after 22, a, because I think she was like 32% um, forward and the rest midfield but she had four of her 10 games were primarily forward like 52 percent forward 48 percent mid and so she came under as a forward based on the other side of the algorithm um so yeah if 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 they stick with that it might be interesting to see which players will change position for next season and whether they become relevant or not what do you reckon
1: yeah, no, it's gonna it is gonna be very interesting, but obviously, you guys did a very very good job because I certainly didn't um, hear anyone complaining really about anyone any positions because obviously everyone was pretty happy with where every yeah I mean it wasn't it wasn't was.
0: just us you know I know that um, Selby sent out the the positions to a couple of other content contributors for fantasy and, and got them to run an eye over it and make sure that there was no anomalies so it was definitely team effort but um yeah, yeah maybe we can look at some of the players maybe we can just go through each. Uh, each club and see what players might change position so one i want to talk about is hatchard Now she and again i i have no information inside information as far as what happens next season and um who fits what but hatchard played probably four or five games predominantly forward that to my eye did you i don't know if you saw the same thing
1: I saw the same thing. I did see the same thing. It's so, a sneaky think... one. I, I I hadn't thought about it very much, but now that you mention it, there was a few games where she did have under fifty percent CBAs and played um, mm. predominantly forward, and even in games as well, she she was playing. It seemed at times it was almost like what DeGoei has mm. been doing, where he would start sending bounces, but and he would just push in the 50 that, that's, yeah. that's one thing I know so it'd be interesting to see if she does fall it, under it that will be, uh, pressure. it's
0: not with champion data it's not just CBAs right it's also general play so yeah. if you have a player that um for example Sam Walsh in the men's comp last season he started far more than 35% of CBAs forward um but because he started forward and then just became an extra midfielder that time he spent in the midfield contributed to the fact that he'll be you know he'd never got forward status yeah um, and, so, and, I,
1: and, I, and I like that as well because it's sort of, don't get it wrong, they're gifts in, in the AFL men's comp, but uh, it, is, it is good to have another comp where so you don't, these players don't get sort of gifted a position yeah. or gifted an extra position. Because obviously, as you said, then you can have stacked forward lines, stacked defences, and then it's just like, well, everyone's probably going to have the same. Whereas obviously, the good thing about this year was in the forward line, take out Jazzy Garner and Abe Mackay, and then in your defence, take out really Rand- Chelsea Randall as the only one. Yeah. You, the next sort of ones, even in the top five, weren't there's really... No, there's no premiums,
0: top. right? They're all like yeah. kind of the up-rending mid-prices. Price, mid so, yeah, yeah with out, I think that, again, I haven't seen any numbers, but to my eye, she probably falls just short of the 35% um, yeah. time in the forward line if you look at the season as a whole. But if Selby uses the same algorithm as last season, then I think she will fall under as a forward because I reckon she had that four games where she was more forward than mid. It's just, you know, like, let's just say she had four games of 60-40 forward and then six games of 100% mid, right? Her her mid forward would be like 80% midfield. But if we use that other algorithm, then she would actually
1: get forward status. And
0: that would be massive having Hatchard forward. Like, it would be a huge...
1: You can... That'd be probably one of the biggest locks for next season, I'd imagine, because you just want to... Well, for me anyway. (laughs) You're an Adelaide man. Your opinion doesn't count, but... (laughs) I don't
0: know like i i know that most people like most of my opinions are not popular opinions like it wasn't with Shard, but i think that hatchard's not and if she's mid only i won't be starting i won't be starting any of bowers hatchard or marinoff even though most people think that they'll be starting with all three um but even as a forward i just think that especially with the poorer rookies i think we're not going to be able to have so many rookies on field yeah. um <clears throat> i think that she's priced at about what she's going to do and it's all about value right like yeah. I just, yeah, I don't know. It's it's going to be real interesting. I hope she's forward because I think it's going to it's going to give my team something unique because I think everybody will start her if she's available forward.
1: Yeah, because she'll be like the Jazzy Garner of, of this year where she's priced 30, I think she's 30K more than, I think, Tyler mm. Hanks, who was the second highest priced for at the start of the season. Yeah. And I think that if Hatchard had forward, sales, that'd be very similar to that and, I'd probably start with her, and as you said, a lot of people would start with her, but yeah. whether that is going to be the right call, obviously we'll be finding out if that's even the case.
0: I think Chelsea Randall will be interesting. Um, I Obviously she had a couple of poor games in the season, so her her price should be relatively modest. Um, it's just a matter of where she's positioned, right? I don't know where she's going to fall. She, I think my instinct is that she's a midfielder only, um, just because she split her time between mid, forward and defence, but primarily mid. I don't think that she spent enough time just forward or just back to get either of those positions, right? I think she kind of, even if she was 60-40 mid elsewhere, I think that that's 40 split, 20 forward, 20 back. So I think she's going to be mid only, which makes her basically completely irrelevant in fantasy, right?
1: Yeah, I I, I would imagine she'll be a midfielder watching the Crows game. She was, for me, primarily a midfielder. She would obviously play stints forward, stints back uh like the only one that i could even consider that she could do would be forward it wouldn't even be defense because she played more forward if she was yeah, in the I midfield so I, I i agree i think it would be midfield only and yeah she, as you said she had some poorer games technically still under price but an 84 average priced it there but it's probably a bit of an awkward price you've probably got obviously players cheaper or players that you just want to spend up a little bit more for i think
0: um, Abby McKay, so she should be mid only, right? Like I again, yeah, this I is all to so. the eye, right? So I again I haven't seen anything from C D, but um to the eye, she basically attended every single CBA. I don't think I think I saw her um start forward maybe three center bounces, and I watched every 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 F double game for the whole season. I think I saw her start forward for three center bounces in over around eight and nine. Um so that's gonna yeah, hurt forward won't. lines because we're gonna lose Garner, right? She'll be mid only. Yeah. McKay yeah, will be so. mid only. Um, I think McCarthy as well, she will either be mid or defence. So the forward line is gonna be bare.
1: Yeah, so you've probably really only got Tyler Hanks probably keeps it. She's yeah, probably she a bit she, yeah, she'll, she, keep yeah she'll keep it. So she's probably gonna be, unless as you said a hatchard gets it, she may be the most expensive forward potentially. Yeah, and again, I don't want to
0: start players like that. Like I would rather just go for um, you know, if there's no if there's no good forward options in at the up at the top end. I'm fine with not starting premium forward, right? I might just go with a couple of mid prices and a, and a bunch of rookies, and then maybe load up in the midfield. Um, yeah, because obviously we'll get to Collingwood, but uh, there's going to be a few Collingwood players probably in most people's midfields.
1: Yep, and I'm sure we'll talk about them. But yeah, that, that might be a case where a few people will either just go maybe full on rookies in the forward line, or a lot of people might just go Hatchard if obviously this asterisk, if she gets forward status, and then just rookies. It might not be, you might not be paying up for any of these sort of the mid price sort of forwards. Yeah. All right.
0: Well, let's go on to Collingwood. Um, cool. Britt Benici. I think that she's a lock. Now I yep. said that I said the same thing about Patrikios and I know that people are less familiar with Patrikios because she missed last season when people were getting into AFLW. Whereas people are able to watch Benici last season and she missed this season. So I think people are a bit more familiar with Benici, but Patrikios was like, she won a league best and fairest awards. So she was as good as Benici. Missing a season is going to hurt a lot, right? You look at all these gun rookies coming through, the pace of the game is skyrocketing each season. I think that she might struggle a little to get the pace of the game, but with what she's going to be priced at, like she had that injured game last season, and she's going to have a 30% discount on that average. It's surely she's a lock, right? Like I can't see a world where you don't start with her.
1: Yeah, yeah, 100%. No, I remember I messaged you when we were talking about uh, Benici and I said that not only is she going to get discounted from missing a season, she also had the 18, as you mentioned, in there. So, yeah, like, uh, as you said, players that come back from serious injuries, very rarely do they come back and go and, and go boom and, and average, like, big numbers. She's not going to come back and – well, I'm not going to say – I'm not going to say she's not going to because she quite easily do it. But, yeah, she'd probably average around that – around 90-ish, somewhere around there. Yes, yeah, um, so I, I, I I'm maybe 80 could be 85, but yeah. But as you said, she's going to be priced so cheap that anything over 80, you'll, you'll be like, you'll be laughing.
0: Like, I guess I'm just a little apprehensive because of Patrikios, right? So like, she was my number one locked player in my team this season after probably ham. And, um, like I just, yeah, she was priced in the sixties. Right. And she averaged yep. like one, she averaged over a hundred in her last season, right. Before she missed a season and that season wasn't through injury. Right. She missed because she didn't want to get the COVID vaccination. Yes. Yeah. Um, And so she came back and she just, the competition had gone past her. Right. I mean, she, she came good towards the end of the season, but early on, she really struggled yeah, and she was struggling 67. to eat. Yeah. So that's what I mean. She was priced in the sixties. um, So that's my only concern with Benchi Look, I, at this stage, I'm definitely starting her, but missing a whole season through injury, and like you said, even in the men's comp, they come back and tend to take a while to get into it. But when you add the fact that it's the AFLW and each season the competition is just getting a lot stronger, um, I think there's a small chance that she struggles early on.
1: Um, oh, yeah, that... I've, got, I've got no doubt that she'll take a few games to try and uh, warm up. Um, back into the thicker things, but yeah, I, I'm I'm sure that um, she'll she'll be a good pick next season. And and
0: she... Brianna Davy, so she um, she's obviously even more extreme. So she, again, she won the um, she won the AFLW League Best and fairest award in her last season. I think she was the joint winner with Kiara Bowers uh, yep. in 20, 20... 19. Oh, 2020. I don't know, but she anyway she so she's so she was one of the best players in the league, right? And now she's missed two full seasons because obviously two seasons in one you hurts when you do an ACL. Yeah. Um. So she's actually... Benicia will get 30% discount, but Selby has said that players that miss more than one season will get 35%. So her price is going to be, I think, like in the 50s, which is... Like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> it's so hard to say no to that. It's, but also, she hasn't played for two full seasons. You Like, that was before even Robottom and Prosparkas had ever played, right? Like you look at the speed of the game now and I don't know, is she a lock or is she not a lock?
1: Uh, I, I, think, I think she has to be. I think her and Benici have to be. I think that the like the upside of what they could do coming back, and again, people obviously, if people think obviously Bree Dame, Britt Benici are going to come back and just be top five mids, I don't know if there are people thinking that, but if they are, obviously you've got your Bowers, Marinoff. You've got all these these players at the top that are, and we saw this year a lot more players averaged over ninety this season than than ever mm-hmm. before, and and we and a lot more players averaged over hundred. It wasn't just uh, Bowers and um, yeah. and Marinoff. So, but I think to just because they're just so cheap, and worst case scenario, I still think that they outperform by at least ten. So points my at least. question
0: to you then, because from memory you've told me you plan on starting Hatchard and Marinoff again, and Bowers. So are you actually going to have a midfield of Bowers, Hatchard, Marinoff, Benici, Davey? Because all the best rookies are going to be mid-rookies.
1: Yeah, I know. And that. Th- th- this is the thing that's so good about fantasy, isn't it? We're like, we want all these players in our team. But at the end of the day, you only got to cut it down to uh, 16. In, yeah, that's in, what yeah, I like about
0: W over men's fantasy. Because with men's fantasy, you have eight midfield positions. And so most people get to start with like the three best rookies a couple of Uber primos and a bunch of mid prices and people's midfielders at the start of the season are typically pretty similar, whereas with F1W, it's so hard that you really need to either prioritize the best rookies like the Daricks and the Tamara Smiths, or you're going to have to pick up the Uber premiums like um, Hatchard and Marinoff and Bowers. It's going to be really hard. And that's why I said I don't think I will start with any of Hatchard, Marinoff or Bowers because I'm planning on starting Benici and Davy at this stage and I probably am going to want um, like i honestly, I may even start someone like Georgie Prasparkas, who I think might become a, a top two or three mid. She might be a Marinoff. Um, yeah, and like I, you know, you need mid rookies, so it's yeah. really hard.
1: Uh, that's yeah. Um, I'll be starting my team with those players and just all basement price rookies. That's what I'll yeah, do. Fair but enough. No, if Hatchard, that, that'll work a lot better if Hatchard gets gets forward status. Well, well, like we, and, we said, the,
0: the forward line and back line may be bare, right? So if we're going to lose Ghana, we're probably going to lose, um, Sly we're going to lose a lot of these players, so if Hatchard starts forward um, like I said, I might just load up in the midfield and skip Hatchard and go with the Ford rookies, but then you've also got Jamie Lambert, so I expect her to get forward status as well, she spent the first half of the season, obviously with a lot of foot complaints and playing out of the square, um, and yes she spent the second half of the season mostly midfield, but you only need that 30-35% to get Again, presuming it's the same as this season. I don't know, but um, I think she's a strong chance to get forward status. And if she is, I think, presuming she has a full preseason, that's probably going to be my F1 right there. She's basically a mid-pricer.
1: Yeah, and, and she's obviously cheaper because she was injured uh, in games. I think she got injured during the Carlton game, round one. And she Injured on in three, three different yeah, games. She, yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry. I was just talking about the one. Yeah, sorry, the first three, uh, first three when she got mm. injured, so... She's discounted on that. And then, as you said, she slowly got more CBAs and and worked into the season, scored consistently towards the end. So we might have a a fair few Collingwood uh, players in our team. team.
0: So she only averaged 66, right? So that's, again, that's so cheap to me. And the fact that presumably Davey and Benici will be their number one and number two midfielders next season, maybe along with Michaela Kane or something. Um, But I think, yeah, Lambert is probably going to be the third... Best midfielder, and she's never going to get any attention, right? Like, Davey's the one that will get tagged most likely, um, and Benicio will probably be second. I can't see Lambert ever getting tagged, so I don't know. What I do just,
1: you, yeah, what do you think that that means for just obviously just quick tangent here? What do you think that means for Chloe Malloy and Ruby Slasher? Maybe not necessarily just as, as fancy options, but as in, like, do you think that means uh, Ruby will be def- go back to defense, or do you think yeah. she'll go 50 50? Or so, and what do you think happens with Malloy? I,
0: I think that, um, for Collingwood, it's huge, right? Obviously, it's not just the fact of getting Benicci and Davey, but I think they could push for a premiership next year if they're all fit. Oh, because is one of the best defenders in the competition. Malloy's one of the best forwards in the competition. And I actually think that they're overrated as midfielders, personally. Um, and so I think that it's going to be massive for Collingwood. I think that Malloy's fantasy prospects um, won't be great. I think that she's a, she's a definite no for me. She's a hard pass. She'll be. Probably list she'll probably get forward status. I'm not sure, but even if she does, she she doesn't score that well playing forward. She'll have the odd yeah. game where she kicks three goals and, and gets a ninety, but she'll have a lot of really quiet games for Slasher. I think that she's not going to be underpriced. Like she'll go back to the the defence and she'll get a lot of her marks again. But well, if, she's, put her in if she's if she's mid only, yeah, we just talked about having no positions available. Um, you know, you, when you look at upside for players, I'd have Benici and Davy above well above Slice for how much upside they have so yeah, I, I don't yeah. think you can start her yeah no I agree Um, was there anyone else from Collingwood that maybe had any like injured seasons or anything I'm trying to think I can't think of right. anyone else
1: yeah I don't think so I think I think yeah well, I think it would literally because it's funny because when you think Collingwood you think there's a lot more because there's just so many options but I think yeah as you said I think it's just Benichi and Davey are, the, are obviously your main two and and then what that means for, for the rest of that midfield mix. But as you said, I think they're gonna really push. Like they finished top eight, uh, they finished just outside the top four. And that was without two of their best players, um, and then two of their other best players playing in positions that, that might not necessarily be their best position for the team. So yep. they're gonna make a big jump next year.
0: Very manual, that'll be interesting. I'm I'm obviously just skipping, I'm going off alphabetically, but I'm skipping the clubs that so there's not a lot of relevance. So Brisbane, yep. I don't think like everyone really played their positions. Um I can't see much upside in in any of their experienced players so um but yeah with not
1: not 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 a not a Bates. Uh, I know that obviously she had a poorer year this year but obviously only averaged 79 she has shown that she can average um over like 85 90 yeah, but that's what I mean right like that
0: that 79 compared to 85 there's not a lot of upside there and again like she she won the league BNF last season um in a team that you know won almost every game and I think that the like you said, the the players that are below are just catching up really fast, and I just think that she's going to start to fall back in the middle of the pack. She's a great player, but Anderson stepping up this season, um, I just think that the load is getting shared around in that team a lot more, and I just don't think that. And she's never been super fantasy relevant, right? Like she she was very popular last season because Brisbane had so many bye games where they were postponed due to COVID, and so people kept taking her average because she started the season well. Yeah, um, but yeah, I just for me it's a no. Uh, yep. But with Fremantle, um, I think there's a lot of interest there. So obviously Kiara Bowers is going to be a hot topic again. Um, like you, you, there's I can see both sides of the coin, right? Like her second half of the season, if she continues to do that next season, well then she's massively underpriced. She averaged the season something like a ridiculous 150 in the second half. But wow. also she's not getting any younger. Um, she did say when she was on the podcast that she does find that those big tap- tackle games for her, She's pulling up more and more sore every week. Um, and the club is in a rebuilding stage, right? Kara's in her thirties. Um, players like Kaufman and all that, and East and um Nikki Gore, I think they're gonna start getting more midfield time. Um, I, I don't know. I it's hard because she had a quiet first half. So you could say she's underpriced, but also you could I think that second half will never be replicated again, and therefore maybe she's overs.
1: Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy to me that she had a slow start to the season and she still averaged 114 points for, per game. And only her and Marinoff were the only two players in the end that averaged over 110. Um, yeah. And it's just crazy that she went from... I remember I watched her in that first game against Brisbane and I could definitely see that obviously... No pre Obviously, no pre-season in any, yeah, in any sport huge, around the huge. world is, is huge. You need a pre-season, and you could definitely see. But especially that Melbourne game, when she really got going, I thought, okay, this is she's a good pick. I should have followed through with that and yeah. not gone for the value pay with Parker, which, don't get me wrong, Parker did did well as well this season. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, Bowers went to a different so level. If- but I... If if I could afford her, I'm gonna try and start yeah, her because for me, she's that she, for me. She's that player that if you don't start with her, she's gonna be incredibly difficult to well, bring in.
0: It's the same question as the season just gone. So I had this conversation yeah. with several people. I was talking to um Rez and, and Josh Porter a lot about it in the preseason, the winner and runner up from last season, and they were saying that like if you if you start with her, like with how high price she was, if you start with her and throw your captain on her, and she has a poor first couple of games with how much you spent on her, it can basically destroy your season. And there are a lot of people that start with her and it did ruin their seasons. Conversely, if you don't start with her and you start with a Marinoff or a Hatchard or whoever, and if Kiara started the season like she ended it, right? Imagine if she started with a 184 with the captaincy and you didn't start with her, right? She goes up from a starting price. Your season is basically over. So I think they're going to have the same question again next season. And I,
1: I know, think she... that obviously the, the question this year was we did know she had a limited preseason, so that's why a few yeah. people were not as confident and picky. I know a few people, uh, a few people did, but I think next year that's going to be it's going to be a lot more of a harder call because you're going to say she's underpriced based on what she did. Presuming she has a full preseason. Yeah, agreed. Right. So, so it'll be very interesting.
0: I don't think she goes out of the midfield rotation, even though I they're know. rebuilding. Um, she did tell us so. on the podcast that she she's told Trent Cooper that yeah you know, she can't kick the ball more than thirty yeah. meters and so she <laughs> yeah her best position is in the middle and when you look at the other midfield options right Haley Miller is a she's a good midfielder but she's a gun forward Kaufman she's a good midfielder but she's a gun forward you look at these players who can actually rotate Gabby O'Sullivan as well she plays mostly mid but she's a gun forward I think that Kiara Bow is she just needs to be that experienced player in the middle. And so, and yeah, a lot of... Yes, she missed the preseason, but a lot of her early season form was also due to playing the second half. Like, even in, I think, round two, she was 48 points at quarter time. I remember, because obviously you were new to AFLW, yeah. you did a tweet asking Jaden if that was, like, a record for a quarter. Um And, like, she was starting against really well, but then she was spending second halves of games forward to rest yeah. because of her preseason. And so... I don't know. I mean, I feel like I'm going in circles here, but it's a tough call. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know where I sit on that yet. I just don't think I'm going to have position, the, the the available position to start it.
1: Well, it's going to be a good thing that we've got 10 months to, to, to mull over that decision. If you start, yeah. uh, Yara or not. Um, plus obviously I have,
0: I mean, she's, she's my favorite player in the competition and I have such a soft spot for her that I, I may start her just out of sentiment. Um, like I, I do it in the men's comp. I start with Jack Steele every year cause he's my favorite player. And, um, yep. that may end up being the, Tipping point for me. Haley Miller's an interesting one. She had a really up yeah. down year. She also missed the entire preseason. Um, I think that if she plays midfield next season, she's probably unders. She averaged 76. But I I think she will be the victim of their rebuild. I think that she will start to play more forward to give other players more time in the middle. So for me, she's a pass.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that again. Benici and, and Davy being cheaper, um, and I think and you've got players a little bit more expensive that you probably would, would trust a bit more. But Miller it wouldn't surprise me if Hayley Miller's where she started with by coaches and she starts really well because we did mm. see a snippet uh of a half. Um like she obviously had good good games this year, but particularly that first half against Sydney, where she got obviously what, ninety six at the half. Yeah. She did show that obviously she can still she can still score very well and she even started really quickly against uh, Hawthorn the final round. Obviously, just the score didn't quite translate, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, she's it should be a watch for me. And
0: does she? Is there any chance that she gets forward status?
1: That and that's what I was going to ask you. I was thinking, is I did notice she played forward in in a fair few games. So if for me, if Hatchard's going to get it, I think Haley Miller will get it. Because well, I think Hatchard, Hatchard H- I think because uh, Hatchard didn't necessarily always line up in the forward line, whereas there were games where Hayley Miller did line up forward. So. It'll be interesting to see if she falls in that threshold yeah. of uh, the forward to, or
0: not. To my eye, um, I thought Hatchard spent way more time forward than Miller did. Um, But, yeah, I, I really don't know. I felt like she spent similar time forward this year as to what she did uh, this season, as to what she did last season. And she didn't get forward status this season. Yeah. So um, I'd probably err on the side of no. But if she gets forward status... Again, the, the the problem for me is um, like obviously there's, she's definitely not a starter if she plays if she's midfield only if she's forward you still need to consider that she may actually play forward and if she does then she's a no so for me she's probably even we still she status, be an she's upgrade a watch t- she yeah.
1: could be an upgrade yeah. target in Correct. over the first few rounds.
0: Uh, Ebony Antonio, she she's going around again, right? Uh, I think so. So she missed a lot of games. She played two, yeah,
1: she final two, yeah. So final massive
0: two. discount. Um, she yeah. could be an option.
1: Uh yeah, I, I, I really like what I saw, um, in that final game against Hawthorne, Obviously, roaming that wing, um, as she always does. So yeah, she was, she was fantastic. Um, and she, she ended up scoring in the final round a sixty-three, yep. um, which may not people may look at it and think, oh, it's not much. But as you said, two games should coming be discounted. In yeah, so, and, and that's just Ridge her wanting into well. he it. Yeah, that's right. So with a with a preseason next uh, uh, next year for next season, um, I think that, yeah, so I think she'll be a good option, I think.
0: Um, Kaufman is one I'm I'm a little bit bullish on. I think she'll definitely get yep. forward status. And she plays a little bit like Bowers as well. She loves to tackle when she's playing in the midfield. Her scoring differential from forward to mid is one of the biggest I've ever seen. She'll have like two-point quarters whenever she plays forward. Um, and she'll have like a 30, 35-point quarter in the middle. So if... If they do go, and she's not young, right? She was a mature age recruit. So if they want to keep playing her, I think they need to play her in the middle immediately. Um, you know, they can't give her a few years to develop in the forward line. So I think that if she does get more mid time, or you know, she becomes an actual midfielder, um, I think that she could be one of the big mid the next season.
1: Yeah, price at fifty six. That's that's certainly uh, intriguing. I think she I could see. I could. I could. Yeah, I think she beats that. It just depends how much she get to beat that could she get a 70 plus 75 she 88
0: 80. on the weekend
1: yeah no, that's what i mean so it's definitely one that i th- that'll be a very uh, pre-season watch for me if she has got that midfield role and playing minute uh, like decent amount of minutes in there she might be one that will put She was
0: on. outscoring Miller with less mid time so if she plays midfield next season for me she's actually a lock like i think that she averages 70 plus comfortably i think she could push 80 so she's going yeah, to be one of my yeah. mid prices in the forward especially with that dearth of of options up top. Yeah, um, no. Georgie Pasparkas, what do you reckon?
1: Um, it's a bit hard because I felt so sorry. For, uh, like it's a bit hard to look past, obviously her injury um, on the weekend. Obviously oh, was, well, it was it was, she, she, it was right no, no, as in like just from like a like a human standpoint. Obviously with the with the finals around the corner and right. if she's going to play or not. But in terms of fantasy, uh point of view. Oh she she I if if someone was to make a bold call at this from, from now to next season, oh, I would not surprise me if she averages over 110 next year and is the highest averaging player in the competition. That just yeah. that's the sort of ceiling that she'll she'll definitely be that player uh so, in, in the future. It just depends, could it be next season. So Yeah so yeah. I
0: think for me she's a watch. She's she averaged ninety six and played every game. Oh sorry she missed two games but um so she'll be fully priced. She'll be priced at ninety six and um yeah i just like yes she's a chance to go big um but she's also every chance to just maintain that average so for me i'm happy to watch a game and see yeah yeah and and just wait and see basically and she has a big game she's not going to climb up in price and you can probably jump on for one of your failed players round one after round one so she's for me she's a watch
1: yeah i agree I, i i probably won't start with her but um it's definitely one that um, I wouldn't be surprised. She's the number one player to start the season uh, average wise. And I've got to bring her in.
0: Yeah. For me, like it'll be a preseason watch. So if she goes, if she, like if she's just dominating in the preseason games, then I'd probably start with her.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: What about Robottom? She had quite a quieter year and she's expected to be similar to Prasparkas. She, yeah, um, she averaged, what's she, what she averaged? 89.
1: 89. And, and she had a few better games towards the end of the year. So she's she's consistent throughout the year, but we didn't see those ceiling. Those ceiling scores and can she uh, obviously take that obviously third year third or well, not third year but third season breakout? Um, could that be on the cards? So that's sort of something that we'll have to watch as well. She's she'll be another interesting. That as you said, like we said about Bowers and even Marinoff. Like obviously, I'm saying I'm going to start with them, but there's all these players now that it's not like it was a few years ago where Bowers Marinoff are the top two and you just pick them in your team and you can just pick whoever, right? Yeah. Obviously, you got a lot of players a little bit below that that can that can push there. Like you got like Maddie Prosparkus, another one that obviously did well this year. You've got like obviously the ones you mentioned with Georgie Prosparkus and and the likes of that. So it's going to be interesting to see how how that plays out.
0: I think Chloe Dalton from the Giants could be interesting. So she yep. um, only played two games this season. Um, the problem is, and, and she's like one of the Giants' best players. The problem is that I assume she will be mid only. Um, and again, with that lack, like you know, only five options in the middle, I just don't think there's going to be enough spots in there. But I would love to be able to start someone like Chloe Dolan because I think that she's going to be well underpriced.
1: Yeah, so she was obviously just a straight mid this. She obviously had the, the one game, uh, so two games, not one game. So uh, with the seventy three average, so she obviously should be cheaper than that. So, but the one I wanted to get your thoughts on was Bet uh, Beeson. Obviously, obviously she's out through concussion this year. Obviously. I'm always nervous when it comes to players sitting out the season with concussion because we have seen players don't normally come back after sitting out long. But if she does come back, what what are your thoughts of her?
0: Um, yeah, I for me she would be a, a watch again. Like like you said, it's, it's missing that much football, and you know she was never an Uber premium. So after missing that much football, I wouldn't be comfortable starting with her. She'd be a watch. Yeah. Um. And what about um, – sorry, I lost my Actually, train of the, thought. Other,
1: the, other one, the other one back from, uh, obviously, Frio that we probably uh, didn't quite just touch on very quickly was uh, Gabby O'Sullivan. So, obviously, she was injured, obviously, against the Crows, like, really early. And she had, obviously, a few poor poorer games this season, Um, obviously missed time through injury as well. Uh, it, obviously, she'll probably keep – she will keep forward status. Is, is she potentially a player that will be <laughs> – an option, um, obviously, she's going to be priced very, very cheap.
0: Yeah, I, some people will start with her, I won't, only because she's shown herself to be a bit injury pro now, having several injuries in a row. Um, so I just think that the, t- the risk is too high. Like, I the way I do a starting team is I, you know, I, I, I kind of follow the adage of you can't win the competition in round one, but you can lose it. Um, I think that high risk picks yes, in yeah. round one are just not worth it. Like, I and I. <laughs> I say that, but then I went against it this season. And I started with one of the worst, pit- like my starting team was shocking. Like I started with Hannah Button as well, because she was named on ball round one and was quite cheap. I traded McKay to her before, just before lockout, and oh, she started with a um, a nine. So I had I had a nine, a thirteen, a sixteen, and a seventeen. And Wales who had a twenty, all in round one. And you still got thirties, um, in the thirties? And um, yeah, so I, I I don't want to take any risks with my Round 1 team. So for me she's a no.
1: Yeah.
0: Um just back on the Giants. Well we were kind of lucky this season like with the rookies. We were very lucky with the ruck department. So having four expansion teams meant that there were so many rookies. rookie rucks available that we knew were going to play and have the number one ruck role. Next season we won't get that. Um so I I'm thinking I may start with Flo Davies, who missed the whole season, of course, with an injury. So she's still going to be basement priced. But then, I don't know, like there's less fallback options. So you might not have a a guaranteed R2 rookie ruck. Yes, because obviously it
1: was good because you had three or four that you could fall back on, whereas next season's not going to be like that. So the one that springs to mind in terms of a ruck that people might look at is... If Celine Moody moves clubs, I'm not saying she will. I don't know if she will. But if she was and to go get a solo ruck opportunity, then that's probably saying because she's obviously cheap, obviously, from playing forward this year. So that's that's the one that if she did move teams. But if yeah. she doesn't, then it's going to make, obviously, who you go for? Because yeah. obviously you don't get... Because Brian Moody and, and and like even like... A, um, my name escapes me. I've had a mental blank. Uh, Alice Edmonds. They're going to be fully priced on based on what they did because yeah. they were both good. But you're not... Going to get a lot of value, and you can get more value in other positions.
0: But I'm okay with that with the rock department. Like, so this season was an anomaly, but for the most part, I'll be treating it like I do with AFL fantasy, where I go set this to get R one, because like like I said, this season we knew that there were going to be both wales sisters and McGrath who were all going to be guaranteed number one rock spot. Whereas next season, if you start with someone like Davies on field, whoever your R two is might be someone that gets you know gets dropped after round one or plays yeah. forward and barely scores. So. I will probably be picking an experienced Ruck at R1 and Davies at R2 at this stage. And it also means it's easier to, you know, like if your, Ruck, if your R1 fails um, to maybe go into the utility loophole. Yep. Um, yeah, so that's the Giants. I'm, I'm literally just scrolling through names on my phone. Because <laughs> <I'm pretty happy. laughs> as everyone knows, I don't prepare for this stuff. I'm just winging it. Um, Tamara <laughs> Smith, what do you reckon? She, like, she oh, um, obviously was a tackling machine, but she, she really struggled to have a ceiling. She just was getting a lot of 50s and 60s. Do we think that with another year under her belt and another pre season under her belt, she can become, you know, like a, a Kiara Bowers type?
1: Um, when you say Kiara Bowers type, uh, well, not, not and, Kiara
0: Bowers scoring, but it's Kiara yeah,
1: style yeah, of yeah, play, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I. I To be honest, I think she can um, because one thing I noticed uh, in the first five weeks is that she was hungry every single minute of the game and she was in a lot of – she was in all of them because she never really had a full, full full-time midfield role. But particularly the first five rounds, she was around that 70-odd percent in the midfield. Yeah, okay. As the season went, I did see she did start to slow a little bit. Um, obviously, uh, being um, a rookie uh, in the AFLW, so I think that she could improve next season with a bit more. Of, obviously, with the rest now coming next season, I think she uh, you've got to play her in the midfield, like she's is yeah. she's, a, a midfielder, she's a good complement to a two Lucas Rod and a Jazz Fleming in there, and I think that's clearly their best three midfielders. So I yeah. would be, um, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if tomorrow Smith had a good, another good year next year, yeah.
0: I'll try and smash through a few more players because we're only like halfway through the clubs and I think this, we've been going for a while. But um, yeah, so maybe okay. just some quick thoughts on a few players rather than yep. a few minutes on each. Uh, Jazzy Garner, I think that she is a, a hard pass. Yeah, now once she becomes mid-only? Yeah. Um you not going to start her at I don't. I don't. Yeah, I know.
1: No. I want. I want all these. I want all these players. I'm uh, mate, Shelby make Shelby Every position you tell me, and I'll just start with all the, all the So going um, pass, but not hard pass. But it probably would be a pass, just because she's a midfielder. But again, could we see? We we've seen it in the men's comp players that have defender status, especially like a Roy Lad, Callum Mills. They go in the midfield and no I picks them. They actually average. As good as if not better than, than a lot of the other comments, so could Jazz Garner go in the midfield and average over 100 for the whole year? That you don't is, know how I, to I give a short answer to you, Bailey. No, I don't. <laughs> I said, <laughs> no, I don't. I said,
0: We're going to smash through a few players, right?
1: Uh, just yeah. to, uh, get I, I hard I'll, I'll smash, <laughs> I'll smash, I'll smash, I'll smash you. Reference seven other men, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. I, like, I like Jazz Garner though, so okay, I'm yeah. a
0: hard pass. Uh, Carney, she'll be D1, but she's probably not value.
1: Depends what defenders we got back there. If we don't have much, she's still another option because she's obviously a very good player, but the tag thing is a bit of a flag as well.
0: Yeah. But I, like I said, I, I, don't, I don't think she's any value, right?
1: No, nah, I, I don't think value per se, but it will just be interesting to see what defenders we got back there and who I feel comfortable um, starting.
0: Lily Mithin, she had a really quiet year after having like a really big year, a big season after having a really big season last season. Um, do you think that she's value? Is she again mid only, which means that there's not a lot of options there.
1: This is probably a hard pass for me, this one. Um yeah. I she's been good in the past, obviously with scoring, but just Melbourne just they then they're, they're very much like a bulldogs. They like in the men's, they run multiple numbers through the midfield. Um so I don't know if I could trust this Melbourne midfield on my stunning side, I don't think. Erin Phillips,
0: she probably maintains forward status, had a by by her standards, it's an absolute shocking year um from a fantasy perspective um but she she's gonna be thirty eight next season. Yeah I
1: and I yeah see this is one again I could go into a, a long tangent because I like Aaron as well. Um, but you're not going to but but no uh but then again does she does she play next season? That's the that's that's the thing Yes, she, I'm she is. is she, she signed play. a two year contract. Oh she, oh she signed two year contract. Yes. I must yeah I miss I miss that. So yeah. um She's valued, but as you said, the age is is is, is a factor there.
0: Yeah. Um, Hannah Ewings, does she come out and smash it next season? She dominated another preseason under her belt.
1: Yeah, I know uh, Jace Design loves, loves Hannah Ewing. She may yeah, even get yeah, forward yeah, status. Yeah.
0: She may even get forward status. If she
1: keeps forward status, that's very, very interesting. Definitely mm. an underpriced option that could go a bit like Megan... Uh, Kaufman, as you mentioned, yep. it could be another one that could go boom next year.
0: Tamara Smith is actually another one. I didn't even think about this, but she could also um, gain forward status. She spent probably a third of a third of her time this year forward.
1: If, if she gains forward status, then she's locked in my forward line, simple as that.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. You um, you seem to have a lot more positions on your team than everybody else because you've locked about nine yeah. midfielders and you've locked yep. about seven
1: Yeah. Yeah, this, this is what happens every every time I lock players in, and when it comes to the fantasy thing, because then I'll start with players, then I'll go, and then the other players work at one. I thought I said I was going to start with them. Why didn't I start with
0: them? Yeah, yeah, I'm still I'm still kicking myself. Like I just don't know how I misread the Patrikios thing. So Paul, and that's what's got me a little nervous about Davy and um and Benici. Uh, but what about Hannah? Tiana Smith. I know a lot of people are keen on Tiana Smith, so she yeah. missed the season. Um so she's going to be pretty underpriced?
1: Yep. I so I don't know too much about her, but from, from what I've heard, um, she sounds like she will be a good option. So yeah, definitely she's, one that I'll be I'll be looking at.
0: She's uh she's missed two full seasons, so um yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, that's what I mean. So she'll be heavily discounted. So definitely one that is definitely in the mix of my hundred players that I want to pick.
0: What about you, Janomi Anderson? You're gonna have her again? She did both well for you this season.
1: A lot, Geniemi, but unfortunately. <laughs> uh, but then again, she could she could be uh, cheap for a bench spot. You never no, know. No, see. we're not
0: we're not starting Anderson. She's like Tara Bahana all over again. She scored you a three on field, didn't she? A four, four. Yeah. yeah
1: uh, my... uh, the the score we shall not speak about.
0: Yeah, she was my she, my Tara Bahana from last season. I, I started with her last season, and she had a nine in round one, and then I traded her out. Um and like as a basement rookie, I traded her to a different rookie, and then she came out with I think a sixty-five in round two, and averaged about sixty. And so I was, I think, like by round four, she was dominating. She was averaging like sixty in her last three, and was still priced at like forty. So I traded her back in the Cardinals in. That's like that's like
1: Hannah Stewart this year. Hannah Stewart was a bit like that. Started really poorly, but had a few big games mid-season.
0: So then, um, so she scored me nine. She then averaged sixty over the next three. I traded her back in, and she scored a thirteen. And I had her on field, so I traded uh, her out again out of spite, and she averaged sixty for us of the year. I was yeah. just, <laughs> I um, yeah, I I don't even like to speak of her name anymore.
1: Bloody fantasy, fantasy football. That's what we. That's what what do we, think... we love and we hate?
0: What do we think happens with Montana Ham?
1: Underpriced, um, potentially on what what we what in the bits we've seen if and playing multiple roles. If um, she just plays midfield, Sydney, obviously, gradually just going to improve again. So she's she's a watch for me. Um, yeah, me
0: too. I, I, I'm i concerned that she, um, you know, I know she had a couple of injuries in her junior years and now she's had a couple of injuries in her first season. I I think that you're not going to get burnt too badly if you don't start with her. Yeah. Whereas if you start with her and she gets injured again, it can derail your, se- your season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, McCarthy, I, again, I don't think she holds forward status. Um, nah, I, and, I can't say anyway.
1: Wasn't, she, she wasn't scoring that well anyway. Even when she was a forward she was getting a lot of sixties and and fifty. Mm. So I, unless yeah, unless as you said, if she's mid, then I'd if, she gets, be if she gets if she
0: gets defense defender status, though, she did spend a few games um Off halfback. Well, I think she could be an option of halfback.
1: If she's in defense, then that's really interesting because if if you're getting a player that's playing midfield. Um, in defence, and that's obviously always a bonus. So yeah, that de- would be definitely in the consideration. She's a defender.
0: Uh, Swanson, I think she's one of those players where not you know like Monconti, um uh, they're already priced relatively expensive. They're probably not going to have the ceiling of some of the other premiums. And so with limited positions in the middle, I just I think she's a pass. Someone like Emma Swanson. Yeah, I, I maybe an to... upgrade target. Maybe an upgrade target.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely has to be in the mix for an upgrade target. Yeah, probably not a starter for me
0: um well that's i've just gone through every club list and they're the ones i'm interested in there's only only a few but uh it's going to be really difficult it's gonna be really difficult next season isn't it
1: yeah yeah It's uh, as you said with the the whole draft system um being different and obviously no more no more expansion size you're not going to have the influx of rookies yep so it's going to be it's going to be interesting i think there'll be a lot i think this season, there was a lot of different strategies, but I think next season is going to be even more diverse because people are going to have to be, I think, creative. If they want Bowers, you're going to have to find value. If you want other players, you're to have to find value. There are plenty of players of value as well, so it'll be very interesting.
0: Uh, one more thing I want to touch on. I reckon I'm almost ready to go, but um, obviously I did a, a bit of an AFLW draft this season, which was good fun. What do you, if if there was a draft next season, hypothetically there was a, they, they did implement a draft or if you did one privately with a bunch of friends, what do you think the draft order, like maybe you go through the first round, uh, maybe like the top kind of half dozen, who, what do you think? Because I know halfway through the season, I was talking to people who were saying that, you know, Kara Bowers is no longer a top five draft pick, right? And then uh, by, the end of, by the end of the season, well, she was averaging like 85. Yeah, 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 I know, yeah. yeah. Mar- Mar- I was Mar- laughing was to the 30s. And whereas now I think she's probably a clear number one again. Um, yeah. Even though she's obviously older than most of the top premium players. So, um, I mean, from memory, the draft that we did, the first round was Bowers was one, and this might not be perfectly accurate, Bowers was one. I took Marin off at two. Uh, Hatchard was three. Riddell was four, which that was probably a killer for because Riddell had a really poor season. Yeah, And then, oh, I can't remember who was five. Might have been... Lucas Rod or something. And then Slicer was, I think, six, which was I thought super early. Um and then I think Garner might have been seven or eight. Um, yeah, I was gonna say so
1: Garner would have been up there being a she four. was up
0: there. And I know with my pick two, I took which was like all the way back at like pick fifteen. Yeah. My second round, I think I took Carney, Emma Carney. Um and it was it's interesting because I like my, my team was basically carried by the midfield. I had Marinoff at M1, I had Swanson with I think my fourth round pick, and I had Matej Posparkus with my sixth round pick, and Lovely. all the way down at round nine, my first player I picked on the bench was Georgie Persparkas. So that was oh, a, yeah. love it, Um yeah. Brilliant. So yeah, give me your obviously this is a no, this is a question without notice. Give me your draft order for the first round for next season as it stands. First round, how many picks is that? Eight. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it was. Give give me half a dozen. Give me half six. Half
1: a dozen. All right, so. I think clearly uh, Bowers is one. You can't not have Bowers after what she did the second half of the year. Arguably, still, as we said, underpriced. She's got to be one. I think Marinoff's got to be two. They were the t- only two players this year that averaged over 110. So I think that Marinoff Agreed. and Marinoff shown, Marinoff has even shown for a longer period of time that she is yeah. being the top Yeah, top no, that'll be everyone's top
0: two. Three is going to be interesting, though.
1: So three. That's where, again, as you said, this the, this is where the games could, could really start. Could If Hatchard had forward status, I would, wouldn't be surprised if people took her at three um, based on the fact she was the, only, she was the third player to average 100 this year.
0: Good call. With forward, sta- with forward status, I think she's guaranteed to be. Honestly, with forward status, she could even go at two if she has forward yeah, status because yeah. that's huge.
1: Yeah, because you could always pick up a few midfielders later that will make up for, for that. So, yeah, that's a good call. But, but let's probably-
0: assume she's mid. And go, go with her being mid.
1: If I was assuming that she was mid... Um, she's not my number three. I think she'd still be my number three just. But I think at number four, I think I've actually probably got um Georgie Prasparkas, to be she honest. Is
0: my, she's my three, yep.
1: I think that Georgie Prasparkas showed, like, and this is her second season, correct? This is she's only her second correct. season. She's only yeah, played so... um eighteen games. That's just that's it's... what I mean. And she's already won the best midfields in the comp. So I'd I'd have her at four. And yep, definitely an argument can be made that she could go higher than that. Uh at number five, I would probably see that's tough because there's so many names there. Um I do like what I saw from Maddie Prosparkas, particularly in the second half of the year. Um so she's For me, she's probably the one I would go really there. You think Prasparkis
0: is going to average more than Swanson and and Rowbottom and and all that, and Riddell?
1: I don't know, just she she was just very, very good. So I I do think that Prasparkis is probably, I think, definitely first round for me. Um, but probably after that, I probably would go Swanson next. I think Swanson's just that she reminds me a bit like of a Scott Penderbury, just uber consistent. Get you, she's not going to fight, obviously. Bar in the last weekend, she was injured. Um, yeah. but she's never going to let you down. So, how many's that? That's uh, Bows, Marinoff, Hatchard, Prasparas, Prasparas, Swanson. Number seven. I'd probably go.
0: I mean, I that asked for be... six, but that's fine. Go, go, give me seven. Oh, so you said, oh, said so you said fine.
1: half a dozen. So he, it's it's he said fine, half, mate. You so that's right. You said a half a dozen. Sorry, I so said you uh, so said a dozen, but yeah, the Charlie <laughs> Robon would. Charlie Robon would. Yep. Would be there, and and you've obviously got plenty of other names. Amy McDonald, obviously, always consistent. Yeah. So you, so
0: you're saying you, you're just your whole first round is midfielders, presuming Hatchard is a midfielder. Your whole first round's mid. I think so. Yeah, but I for think this. Yeah, there's definitely uh, no, no
1: as you, unless we get a Hatchard forward yeah. or we get a surprise defender. Yeah, I don't think there's any like guy people that are going to be um any players are going to be averaging like a lot more. Um, yeah. So
0: for me, it's um. There's definitely no defenders I'd be taking in the first two rounds. For me, it's it would probably be Bowers, Marinoff, Posparkes, Hatchard, Swanson—a clear top five—and then it's it's a bit of a uh, that's where I think like you're gonna you'd want like let's just say it was a, dra- a, a, a eight person draft pick six and seven are gonna suck because you're gonna get someone similar as you would if you had pick eight, but then you get pick nine on return. Um, yeah, but I would I would consider if Hatchard was a midfield only i would consider Lambert in the second round if she gets forward status because i think she'll be a clear f1
1: yeah i agree uh, yeah potentially
0: even at pick 6 7 or 8 since like midfielders from 6 to kind of 10 are all pretty similar and there's yeah. a chance you miss out on Lambert, Lambert. i would consider yeah. Lambert at pick 6 which is insane yeah. on paper uh, but that's yeah that's probably where i'd have it
1: yeah yeah, that's a good call. It's a good call. Mm. But the, yeah, there's just so many, so many of the, the the girls from, as you said, after the top sort of four picks, five picks, it's there's so many options that could you could look at. So put a blanket over them, really. I think.
0: All right, well, I'm pretty much talked out. Um, are you doing any fantasy content for the men's season next season? Uh
1: yep. So actually, so this is probably uh, a good place. to Actually, sort of could. Could be a bit of a, an announcement um, that me and me and uh, Tim obviously, as people know from Interwells, we'll be doing a, a, a AFL Men's podcast um, uh, every Sunday night after footy. At this stage, that's the early plans, but yeah, that's we'll be doing a co-hosting thing there, and and we'll be doing the Twitter space exactly the same as what we do with the the AFLW to be the Friday leading up to uh, lockout for the Friday night game. So looking but forward yeah, to you're that doing
0: um, a podcast, are
1: you? A live Twitter space oh, slash right. podcast sort of right. thing. So. Um, that that's the early things but we'll obviously release more stuff about that but that's sort of the early early thoughts um and then I'll be back next year with the with the Twitter space again for the AFLW so I'm, I can't already can't wait for the AFLW season next season because 10 10 rounds goes around so quickly I know it's, it's I'm so excited activity.
0: to start a new team again like I just yeah. I, honestly one of the best parts I mean probably, as someone who's never like you know, being anywhere near the top ten. Um, <laughs> I <like>, the best <laughs> part about fantasy for me is the starting team, right? There's so much excitement around all
1: the different yeah, because because you, cause then the you can put you can put plays that you might not get, you're probably not going to start. with be like, I had him in the preseason team and and whatever. So it was always good fun, and I'll be able to have a lot more fun with the, my team next season because I will have a lot more than a week to prepare um, yeah. compared to this year. So. Yeah,
0: that, that's a good call. Um, and yeah, as far as the podcast goes, I don't really know what's happening. Um, obviously, it's still just. Just me at this stage, so I'll I've got a long time to think about it. It's like what nine or ten months away. I, I don't think a, a date's been confirmed, but it's a long time before the season rolls around again. So take a few go. minutes off and, and see how I feel. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I you know I'll consider doing a full preseason and season of pods again. Um, yeah, we'll just, we'll see how it goes. But uh, yeah, thanks everybody for for tuning in for the season. Uh, obviously, it's a bit disappointing not to be able to do a podcast every week, but hopefully. The preseason episodes were good, and and having Cara Bowers on was so humbling. It was amazing. She was incredible. Uh, so, a special thanks to Fremantle for setting that up, and for Port Adelaide for setting up um the chat with Britt Perry. And um, obviously, we have Mim Shom from Fremantle as well. So, thanks to Brett and Tanya for setting all that up, and to Tim Guest for sponsoring the whole season. Hopefully, we can get another sponsor for next season, and. It can be bigger and better. Obviously, with all these extra registrations, there might be a bit more interest around a bigger prize pool and things like that, which would be exciting. And um, yeah, thanks to all the guests that came on and everyone for tuning in and listening to me drone on about crap.
1: <laughs> no, and thank you, Matt
0: ba- Bailey, for, yeah. for obviously stepping up when I had to pull out with the podcast for stepping up and getting some some extra in season content stuff done. That was really good. And um maybe I'll we can ba- yes. maybe this we can time. do some stuff together next season.
1: Yeah, no, 100%. No, it was good, good fun with the, the Twitter spaces and chatting to people in the AFLW uh, community as a whole. So it was all good fun and, and looking forward to it next season. Thanks for having me on today.
0: And uh, Tonight forward-
1: tonight for me anyway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm looking forward to getting my, my hat in the mail.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, that dream went away for me when I, uh, <laughs> a few rounds ago, unfortunately. But oh, yeah. there's always next season. There's a men's comp. There's the AFLW comp. Hopefully I can get a hat in the next uh Next decade, that'd be nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
0: you, you look good with a hat, mate. I know that listeners can't see you, but you've got a hat on at the moment and they do. I, I can't wear a hat to save my life. So for me, it's going to be
1: an ornament. <laughs> yeah, this one's a plain plain one at the moment. Hopefully I get one with... Why, with why a... don't you
0: just get like a white texture and write like number one on the side and just pretend you want it?
1: Yeah, you might have to, might have to do that because <laughs> I don't know when the hat's coming, but hopefully soon. Hopefully we get one soon.
0: Uh, well, thanks for joining us, mate. And uh, enjoy your off season.
1: Beautiful. You too. Thanks, Liz. Thanks, guys. Have a good rest of your off season. Yes. Yeah.